for listening to the Cornerstone Chapel Middle School Podcast. Let's head into the service for this week's message. All right, guys, we are in the book of Ruth. Quick review uh, as to what we learned last week. We started this new book, and it's in between the books of Judges and 1 Samuel. And it is the story of a woman named Ruth and a man named Boaz, and it is a love story. Oh, wonderful. But it's different than you would expect. Uh, we learned in the beginning of the story, there was a man named Elimelech and, Naomi, or, and, the, and his wife Naomi, and they lived in Israel, but the famine hit Israel, so they left Israel and went to Moab, a neighboring country, hoping that their luck would improve. Well, it started off and looked pretty good. They had two sons. Their two sons got married. Uh, one of the sons got married to a woman named Ruth, and one of them got married to a woman named Orpah. And that's a great name. I love that name, Orpah. Not Oprah, Orpah. And unfortunately from there, the story only goes south. Uh, the father, Elimelech, dies and leaves Naomi as a widow. And then both of their sons die and leave Ruth and Opa, uh, Orpah, sorry, Orpah, as widows. So now you have three widows in this scenario. So Naomi decides, you know what? I'm going to leave Moab. I'm going to go back to Israel, back to the lands of my fathers. And she starts to leave. And as she leaves, she tells the ladies, hey, go back to your homelands. It will be easier for you to go with your families and stay where you know. Don't come with me to this foreign land. You, you don't know anybody there. And Ruth decides she wants to stay with Naomi. And Ruth says, look, wherever you're going, I'm going with you. I care about you. I love you. I want to help take care of you. I want to help provide for you. And I want to be with you through this hardship. And we, we learn in the next few, uh, in that chapter, just that Ruth was an amazing woman of character. That she would selflessly say, I want to take care of Naomi and help her. When they arrived in Israel, this foreign land where she knew no one except Naomi, she decided, you know what, I want to go straight to work. And so she began to work in the fields. She would walk behind the harvesters. And she would pick up any food that they missed. And that was an allowed thing during the law. Um, that was actually a provision for people who were in need. And so she was collecting. And it says that she worked hard all day in the heat. And that she was working hard to provide. So we saw that woman, uh, Naomi, sorry, Ruth was a woman of character. Here she is selflessly sacrificing for a friend. Here she is working hard in the heat. And here she is being selfless. So... We talked a little bit about Ruth last week, and ladies, I explained to you, hey, this is what a woman of character is and what you should pursue to be. You should seek to be like a woman of character and not be too focused on outward beauty. And then, gentlemen, I spoke to you and told you that that is what you should be looking for. You should be looking for a woman of character. You should be seeking a woman of character one day because that remains throughout the years. Uh, now, since we talked about the ladies last week and since we talked about Ruth last week, this week, gentlemen, we're going to be focusing on the male in the story. We're going to be focusing on Boaz, okay? And so I want you guys to listen up carefully to the example that Boaz sets. Ladies, I do not want you to zone out and be like, oh, he's talking about the boys this week. I can go to bed like, like normal and just get a few naps, okay? Listen, I want you to understand, you need to be paying attention to the example of a godly man that one day you might seek this when you seek a husband, okay? So, starting in our story, we're going to start here uh, in, uh, in verse 8. Uh, we first saw Boaz as he walked up to the field 
and he owns the field that Ruth is currently gleaming uh, food off of and working on. And so he walks up and he, and he sees his workers and he says, hey guys, Lord be with you. And they go, the Lord bless you, sir. And they have this wonderful attitude. They treat Boaz with respect because he treats them with respect and love. And we see that he's just a nice guy. And Boaz asks, hey, who's, who's that out there in the fields? Who's that girl out there in the fields? And Boaz said, uh, and the foreman says, well, that lady out there is a Moabite. Her name is Ruth. And she's come back with Naomi. And she's been taking care of Naomi. And so Ruth had a reputation at the time. It was a good reputation. And so he hears this, and Booth, uh, sorry, Booth. I just combined Boaz and Ruth into Booth. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Anyway, we're here in uh, verse 8, and Boaz begins to speak to Ruth. It says here, So Boaz said to Ruth, My daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field, and don't go away from here. Stay here with my servant girls. Watch the fields where the men are harvesting and follow along after the girls. I have told the men not to touch you. And whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jugs that the men have filled. At this she bowed low, her face to the ground, and she exclaimed, Why have I found such favor in your eyes that you have noticed me a foreigner? Pause there for a second. So Boaz goes up to Ruth and he says, Look, listen, Ruth, um, I want you to know something. I, I, I don't want you to have a, a desire or a need to go to any other field, okay? I want you to come here today. And I want you to stay here for the rest of the day. And I want you to stay here as long as you need to. Keep coming back to this field. Know that you are welcome here and know that everything is taken care of. And if you get thirsty during the day, we have a water jug over here for all the men who work on my field that we provide. I want you to be able to go there so you don't have to go all the way down to the well to get water just get some, well, um, some water from the jugs that we have pulled up for you here. And Ruth says, wow, wh- why are you doing this? Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And, and Boaz answers. It says, Boaz replied in verse 11, I've been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. May the Lord repay, repay you for what you have done. May, may you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have, have come to take refuge. So Boaz answers, look, I, I heard what you did. I heard how you've taken care of Naomi, how you left your homeland where you felt comfortable, how you came all the way to this place where you don't know anybody, and you did it out of love for Naomi, and I respect that. And he also in a way, you could even say that he's praying for you. He says, hey, may God continue to take care of you. May God bless you. And he's, he's seeking to compliment her, saying, look, God's going to reward what you've done that is so good. He's going to take care of you for what you've done that is so good. Thank you so much for the work that you have done. I hope to repay you for this. So the story continues here. And Ruth says, may I, find, may I continue to find favor in your eyes, my Lord, she said. You have given me comfort and have spoken kindly to your servant, though I did not have the standing of one of your servant girls. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, come over here and have some bread and dip it in the wine vinegar. So up until this point, this point where it's mealtime, Boaz has not shown anything romantic towards Ruth. Ruth has not shown anything romantic towards Boaz. They're just, he's just literally saying, wow, I've been so impressed by what you've done. She's saying, thank you for letting me be here. 
they're just being kind to each other. But then in verse 14 is the first time we see where it's suggested that there might be a little bit romantic interest from Boaz here. Because they're having their meal time. It might have been a lunch break or it might have been a little bit later in the evening. And they're stopping to eat and all the workers have stopped. And so she stopped as well. And as they're beginning to eat, he says, hey, why don't you come over here and eat with me? And she's like, oh, okay, I can come over here. And I, I, I can probably do that. Okay, hey, what's up? And then he says, hey, look, we have this really expensive, like, wine, vinegar, like, seasoning. Uh, why don't you have some of that? Why don't you dip into this bowl that we have? Now, this is a big deal because, first of all, he didn't have to give her any food, but he was gracious and did it. And then he went above and beyond, and he said, look, we have this, this one bowl, this dipping sauce. I, I want you to have it. I want you to be able to dip into it as well, if you like. And she's like, oh, thanks. Really, this is sweet. And, and so, again, remember what Ruth is like at this point. She's been working in the field all day. It's exhausting. It's been hot. She's probably not got her hair all did up, you know, okay? She's probably not looking on fleek with the makeup, okay? She probably has some sweat stains at this point. She probably, some of you are like, oh, girls sweat, believe it or not, guys. I didn't know it to be true, okay? But then I got a sister, okay? And I realized girls do sweat, okay? They sweat good, okay? A lot. And it's sometimes gross, and they smell sometimes bad. It's crazy. I didn't believe it either until I got a sister. She's going to kill me for that. Anyway, so Ruth, um, Boaz invites you over and says, hey, come over here and uh, <laughs> dip some bread in the wine vinegar. When she sat down with the harvesters, he offered her some roasted grain, and she ate all that she wanted and had some left over. Now, it's interesting that it says that because it says she ate all that she wanted, but she had some left over. She ate all that she wanted, but she did not eat until she was completely full and could eat no more. You'd think that in this opportunity, she's being offered this really good food. She's probably been struggling to eat with Naomi because they're two widows and they have no one to take care of them at this time and they don't have jobs. And you would think that she would eat all that she could, but it doesn't say she ate all that she could. It says she ate until she was full. And then it says that she had some leftover. And we find later in the chapter that she took her leftovers to Naomi. Even in the midst of eating all this food and she's been so blessed and here's this cute guy and maybe he's, you know, offering her some food. In the midst of all that, she's still thinking about Naomi and she's still thinking about, hey, I have some food here. I don't want to eat it at all. I want to take some home to Naomi. What an amazing, amazing woman that Ruth is. That she's still thinking about other people. As she got up to glean, Boaz gave orders to the men. Even if she gathers among the sheaves, don't embarrass her. Rather, pull out some of the stocks for her from the bundles and leave them for her to pick up and do not rebuke her. So Ruth gleaned in the field until evening. Then she threshed the barley she had gathered, and it amounted to about an ephah. We'll go with that. She carried it back to the town, to, and her mother-in-law saw how much she had gathered. Ruth also brought out what she, um, sorry, Ruth also brought out and gave her what was left over from when she had eaten, when she, after she had eaten enough. So pause there for the story. Um, we're not going to read any farther in the story today, but I, I want us to look at a few things here. First, uh, as we saw, as Ruth gets up from eating and goes back to work, Boaz gets all the workers together and he says, Hey guys, listen up. Um, see that girl right there? Okay. If she is walking behind you and you're gathering the food, I want you to drop some extra 
food on the ground and leave extra food for her to pick up because I don't want to go home with too little food. I wanted to be taken care of. And not just be taken care of, but in excess, I wanted to have more than she needs. We saw by the end of it, she had plenty of food. She had plenty of food by the end of it. And she comes home, and her mother-in-law is actually going to ask her, where did you get all this food? Like, what, did you steal or something? Like, how did you end up with all of this food? And she's going to be surprised because of how much Ruth is going to end up with. Now, we see this story, and I want us to look at three things that Boaz does for Ruth. Three things that Boaz does for Ruth, and three things that men should do for women in general. And the first thing is this. Boaz provided for Ruth. Boaz provided for Ruth. We saw how Boaz made sure that she had food to start with. He gave her food, being able to come onto the field and get enough food. And then not only did he allow her to have food on the field and and gather what was left over, but he made sure that she had more than enough food. He blessed her in excess to what her needs were and gave her more than she needed. And guys, one day you might have the responsibility of taking care of a wife and of taking care of kids. I, I just, it's terrifying to me the idea that, that one day I could have a child and I'm holding it in my hands and it's like, this is my responsibility. If nobody feeds this thing, it doesn't eat. That's terrifying to me. That is really a scary thought. If, like, like if I don't give it a bed to sleep on, it won't have a bed. Like, I am responsible for taking care of this. Now, some of the ladies might be like, hey, wait a second. <laughs> Excuse me, we don't need some guy to provide for us. Okay, we can take care of ourselves. Ladies, totally true, okay? And you know what? You don't need somebody to hold the door open for you. You don't need somebody to drive you places. You don't need somebody to buy you dinner. But guys sometimes enjoy the privilege of taking care of you and treating you with respect and providing for you. And when you do get a husband, it is his responsibility and his honor to provide for you, to take care of you. And does that mean you shouldn't have a job? And it doesn't mean, does it mean like you can't have a career? Of course not. I'm not saying that at all. However, I am saying that God has placed men into your life to, to have an opportunity to provide for you. Right now, it's your father, and your father is providing for you. He's taking care of you. He's buying you the clothes you have, or he's you know, providing for you. Maybe your mom's taking care of you. But one day, a man, uh, when you get married, a man will have the privilege of providing for you um, the things that you have and, and uh, might have the honor of taking care of you. Uh, and I also want you to understand that Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Gentlemen, you, you are called to be selfless. You are called to be sacrificial. And you're called to to give yourself up as Jesus gave himself up for the church. What that means is Jesus for the church was willing to lay down his life and be selfless in the same way. We are called to be selfless at times and lay down our lives for our families. Now sometimes this might be more dramatic than others. But I've seen times where my dad has uh, laid down his life for us. For example, we're at a theme park, and we order some Coca-Cola, and it's really hot outside, it's blazing hot, and, and my dad will make sure that all of us get a drink of the Coke before he gets the Coke. 
and sometimes there will be nothing left of the Coke and I'll have to buy another Coke for us all, okay? But he's making sure, hey, I wanna make sure my wife, I wanna make sure my kids are provided for and get what they need first. And he's being selfless in that manner and in that way, guys, we should be selfless and we might need to provide for our families. And we see Boaz doing that. Next, we see Boaz protecting Ruth. We see Boaz protecting Ruth. We see him here saying, hey, listen, everybody in the fields, all my workers, listen up, guys. Nobody is going to touch that girl. Nobody's going to mess with her. Nobody's going to make fun of her. No one's going to insult her. Nobody's going to mess with her. Understand something, guys. Ruth was a foreigner. She was from Moab. She was not from Israel. And at times, people could be prejudiced against outsiders, against foreigners. And he's saying, look, nobody's going to show any prejudice to her. No one's going to be mean to her. No one is going to tell her she can't be here. She has my permission to be here, and no one's going to mess with her. And Ruth even says that she felt comfortable later in the passage, saying, wow, you've you've made me feel so comfortable. Thank you so much. You've made me feel secure. You've made me feel safe. Thank you for that. And gentlemen, it is our responsibility at times to use our strength that God has given us, to use the courage that God has given us to protect those in need, to protect the women that God has placed into our life or protect children that have been placed in our life. Now, again, the ladies are like, excuse me, Barrett, I can take care of myself, okay? I'm not doubting that you can, okay? I'm not saying that. However, there is a responsibility placed upon a man to care for his wife and to care for his children that God has placed there. And it goes even deeper than just having your wife or your children. There's, a, there's a, something within men that has been placed in us to, to secure, to protect, to provide for. Uh, there was, on July 20th, 2012, you guys might remember, uh, there was a shooting in Colorado. And a man walked into a theater Um, who was deranged and and had issues uh, and began to attack people. And there were four instances in that theater of a boyfriend who was with his girlfriend and four instances where the boyfriends covered with their bodies their girlfriends. In all four instances, the four girls survived, but the boyfriends literally laid down their life and died protecting that girl in that theater. Four different men decided that they want to cover with their body to protect this woman. It's, it's an amazing story of heroism, an amazing story of sacrifice. And gentlemen, I want you to understand something. God has made you strong. God has given you courage. Not that you might use that or abuse that power or lord over someone, but that you might use that power to protect, to serve, and to help people. That's why God made you dangerous. There are times that are required for men to be dangerous, to be brave, to be bold, to be brash even, and protecting those who cannot protect themselves. And there might be times where you're called to do that. We see men in our military who are willing to lay down their lives and sacrifice their lives for that calling. And I, I hope that you guys are up for that calling if it is ever expected of you that you might protect the people around you. But I also want you to understand this. We should never, as men, use our strength or our position to hurt a woman. Never. That's not something that we're called to do. 
Now, ladies, this is a, a, a touchy subject, but I, I just really feel the need to address this. If you are ever with a man who does not protect you, and you are ever with a man who hurts you physically in any way, you need to leave him. Now, I, I know that sounds so simple and it sounds so straightforward and obvious, but, but it's harder than you might think. At, at times, people can make excuses for a guy who's hurting them. They can say, oh, well, well he doesn't mean that. Well, well he, he truly loves me. Or they might say, oh, well, what would I do without him, though? I, I don't want to lose him. Do not make excuses for him. And it's going to take courage and it's going to take grit and it's going to take heart, but you need to be able to leave him. You need to be able to tell somebody. Maybe you need to tell your father, you need to tell a brother, you need to tell a teacher. Maybe you need to tell somebody in your life or your church. You need to tell somebody while it's happening for your own protection. You, you are not to be hurt by the man in your life. You're to be protected and loved by him. Please hear those words. And again, do not make excuses. Don't think, well, he, he really loves me. He doesn't mean this. No, no, no. That's not the way a man should act, and that's not the way a man should treat you. Please hear that. Boaz protected Ruth and made her feel secure and actually secured her and protected her. And that's what men are called to do as well. Men are called to protect and care for their wives and care for the women and children that are around them. Uh, finally, Boaz encouraged her. Boaz encouraged her. We have the ability with our words to build people up, to encourage, to lift them up, or to tear them down and to hurt them with our words. And Boaz chose with his words to build Ruth up. He pointed out what she was doing well and said, Hey, Ruth, I've seen the way that you have loved Naomi, and I'm so proud of that. That is amazing how God is using you. Hey, I've heard about your reputation. You have a wonderful reputation, and that's a great thing, and God's going to honor that. And it even says in here that you could even say that he prays for her and saying, hey, may God bless you and may God take care of you for what you have done. He cares for Ruth and he is encouraging and he's building her up. And there are times when guys don't do that, when guys hurt girls with their words or they're, they're hurtful or they're spiteful or they're mean. And, and the Bible strictly rebukes that. In Colossians 3, 19, it says, Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh to them. Don't be harsh to them. Don't be rude. Don't be abrasive. You can disagree and you're going to have fights and you're going to have disagreements and that's okay. But there's no reason to be harsh or hurtful or rip people down. Even if we need to say things that might hurt, we should say it for the purpose of lifting them up and encouraging them and making them better. It says... In Ephesians chapter 5, that husbands are to wash their wives in the word. And that sounds weird. Wash their wives in the word? What does that mean? Like, how do you wash people with a word? It's a, it's a word. Wash is like water. What does it even look like? Well, basically saying this, look, you should take the word of God and you should shower it or pour it out upon your wives. You should encourage them with scripture and lift them up. Ladies, if you end up with a husband one day, I hope that he loves the Lord and I hope that he encourages you with God's word and he builds you up and he lifts you up in reminding you of that. I hope you're called to that and I hope you have that blessing. Gentlemen, we are called to do that. We are called to 
encourage the women in our life and build them up, not tear them down, not be rude, but build them up with love. Encourage them with scripture and point out what God is doing well in their life and lift that out and enlighten that so they might see it. So again, Boaz provided for Ruth. Boaz protected Ruth. And finally, Boaz encouraged Ruth. Gentlemen, this is an example to strive for. You should seek to protect those that are around you. Use your strength to protect them. You should seek to provide for those that are around you. They might be in need or that you might have been entrusted with. You should also seek to encourage those that are around you. Build them up, lift them up, and not tear them down. This is what you have been called to. And ladies, seek this in a man. Seek someone who makes you feel secure and protects you, not someone who makes you feel unsafe or might hurt you. Seek a man who provides for you and cares about your need and is selfless, not someone who is selfish and cares about his own needs more. And finally, seek someone who will encourage you, build you up as a woman, give you confidence and make you understand better your worth and not tear you down and make you feel worse about yourself. Find a man who honors God and who will honor you. Let's pray. Father God, you are good. And I ask that you would be with the gentlemen that are in here and allow them to follow this example that we might become men of God and follow in this way in which Boaz protected, Boaz provided, and finally Boaz encouraged Ruth. Might we do the same. And I pray again for these ladies that, that you would be with them and allow them the opportunity to seek a man who is like this. Seek to be around a man who is like this and to one day marry a man who is like this that they might be encouraged. It's in your name we pray these things. Amen.